Last week on Let's Talk Supply Chain, I was joined by Karmit Glick for this month's episode of our Woman in Supply Chain series. Karmit is a CEO, board member, 2023 pro to know, an advocate of digital transformation. So we had a lot to talk about. Karmit told me all about her career journey and the incredible travel around the world that it allowed her to experience. Now, we talked about swapping the corporate world for startups, leveling the play field for SMEs and why she's so passionate about digital transformation in supply chain. I really enjoyed it. I mean, Kermit is a fascinating and multi-talented woman. I was really inspired by our conversation. I hope you were as well. If you missed the show, you can catch up over on letstalksupplychain.com on our YouTube channel or anywhere else that you subscribe to the show. It was episode 389. Let's Talk Supply Chain is not your average supply chain podcast. We feature not just the top of the industry, but also diverse voices from within the community, new innovations, and the disruptors making waves in the industry. Don't listen to the same old, same old. Be sparked by new ideas and fresh perspectives only on Let's Talk Supply Chain. When you're looking for cutting-edge resources on innovation and trends across supply chain, where do you go? What about when you're on a mission to find like-minded professionals and cultivate relationships that go beyond an emoji reaction? And what about when you're trying to generate leads, build campaigns, and get ahead of the game in the unique world of supply chain marketing? Supply Chain has been missing a single collaborative hub that brings people and ideas together in an environment that is safe yet stimulating for everyone until now. Just one platform that's as dynamic and innovative as you are. Welcome to the Secret Society of Supply Chain, a private network for the supply chain community. An industry first brought to you by supply chain media entrepreneur, Sarah Barnes Humphrey. The Secret Society of Supply Chain brings professionals of all backgrounds and experience levels together in the industry's largest dynamic network, focusing on industry learning and career development, as well as networking and community. The Secret Society of Supply Chain hosts all the content, connection, and creativity you need for supply chain success. But which group is for you? Well, head over to letstalksupplychain.com, find the Secret of Society banner, and take the quiz and join our waitlist. There are limited number of spots available, so make sure to get on that waitlist so that you are one of the first into the Secret Society of Supply Chain. Hello and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. Before we start the show, I have a question for you. According to a 2021 study by McKinsey, what percentage of digital transformation projects fail? There's a lot of projects happening across the industry. So what does success actually look like? Let me know your guesses over on social and keep listening because I'll let you know at the end of the show. So today I'm joined by a brand that has joined us twice before on the show. They're all about driving supply decisions that achieve rapid results. But who are they? Well, I'll reveal them all after the question of the week. So the question we ask you, what's the best career decision you have ever made? 36% of you, and this is almost 300 votes, 36% of you said switching industries, 31% of you said seeking further education, 
27% of you said accepting a leadership role, <laughs> and only 6% of you said starting my own business. I was one of those people. <laughs> um, we had Barath switching from being a buyer into a seller. Um, it was nerve-wracking at first. Nobody wanted to talk to me anymore. <laughs> Conference keynote speaker invites disappeared. Even people at the cellar wondered why I would leave a safe job at a global brand to come hustle at a growing startup. But over time, the joy of building products to solve problems way outweighs the losing the perks of being a buyer. Wow. Aaron, stepping into a leadership role many years ago was a significant growth and change agent in my career. I found myself actively learning and changing in motion. I love that. I was uncomfortable every day for a long while. Audria, accepting a leadership role has been the best decision I've made. Even though I've learned so much about myself and my leadership style, I've also learned that at this stage of my career, people management is not something I'd like to explore just yet. Wow, we are finding out so much about everybody in the industry. Thank you so much to everybody who weighed in on the question of the week. We ask you a question over on the Let's Talk Supply Chain, LinkedIn and Instagram every single Wednesday morning. So now back to today's episode and which long-standing supply chain tech company is joining me today? Well, it's Gaines. Gaines is the supply chain performance optimization company. So with Gaines, supply chain teams can make all the right decisions at speed and scale to right-size inventory, strengthen performance, and fulfill customer promises. And it's Dave Schrager, president at Gaines, that is joining me for the show. Dave is, a, Dave is an accomplished executive with a career spanning over three decades in the tech and supply chain industries. Having worked at big name brands like Coupa, Lamasoft, and Oracle prior to Gaines, there's no doubt that he's an industry powerhouse. Today, Dave and I will be talking all about delivering real results for customers. We're going to dive into the traditional approach for transformation projects and why the failure rate is so high. Utilizing a continuous incremental change approach to achieve achieve real results and what 2024 is going to bring for all of us. So welcome to the show, Dave. Hey, Sarah, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here today and looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, this is the third and final episode in our series with Gaines. And, you know, I've spoken to Bill and Jeff so far. We've talked about who Gaines are, what you do, and also about decision-making and risk. That one was very interesting. We did that in studio in Atlanta, which was super cool. But what... And, you know, we also talked about making better decisions across your organization, what that should look like. And I've loved working with Gaines, you know, finding out the story. What is the motivation behind the brand? And also, you know, talking to people within the organization and how they're thinking about supply chain and how you're making an impact in the industry. So I'm really excited for the conversation today and hear more of the insights into supply chain and some of the work that Gaines is doing. So let's go out with a bang. Why don't we start with a bit of a background? Tell Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do at Gaines. Sure, Sarah. I appreciate it. So I've been in and around supply chain, gosh, uh, you hate to date yourself since the 90s. And um, it's funny that some of the what is new is actually old. So many of the same topics and problems and challenges and candidly even technology that we've been talking about and using 
isn't right. all that different than what it was in, in back in the 90s. So I've had the opportunity to work at a number of um, very interesting and intriguing companies over the years, all, all in and around software, and um, joined Gaines about three years ago, took on the role of Chief Revenue Officer. Um, recently, about a year back now, took on the role of presidency, and, and off we go. It's been a great run. Um, you know, candidly, without too much... Uh, too much focus. Gaines was this small under the radar uh, company that just did great work, served customers well, had extraordinarily happy customers. You know, and when I took a look at this personally before I joined, I just saw tremendous people, tremendous resources, tremendous technology, and and not a lot of uh, commercial focus. So we've mm -hmm. we've done a little bit more. Um, we're going to focus on growing gradually, growing smart, growing with customers that want to expand with us. And uh, we're still a little bit off the radar screen, but we're making a dent and it's a lot of fun. Well, and we're helping you to do that. And I'm so well, grateful, you know, that Gaines and your team has decided to trust us with that because I think we've really been able to put out some good content. And today is going to be absolutely no different. And I can hear the passion in your voice. You say that you've been in the industry since the 90s. I've kind of been in the industry since the 90s, too, because I can tell you I worked in the Vancouver branch when I was 16 in 1996. So, you know, it's crazy to think that we've been in this world of supply chain and how much has changed. And, you know, we're going to be talking about technology investments today. And I think it's, you know, I feel like we talk about technology a lot, but I think people are still grappling with investing in technology. People want to invest. They want to try things out, but they, then they also don't want to be caught when it doesn't work. Right? Yeah. I mean, Sarah, one of the things I struggle with is candidly, the same conversations that were had in the nineties are, <laughs> are still, had. To, you know, what is my demand? What is my supply? How do I tie these things together? The labels have changed. The technology has changed. The PowerPoints haven't changed all that much. The stories haven't changed. Right. But what has changed tremendously is the technology available to all of us. Mm -hmm. So, you know, at Gaines, we um, we like to take a little bit of a di different perspective. You know, for example, we we fall under the, the purview of the the supply chain planning bucket in the world of, of the Gartner and the analysts out there. Mm -hmm. But really, what do we help companies do? We help companies focus on decisions. And, and, you know, the, the decisions that move their business, that make an impact in their business. And often enough, companies come to us with, I need a planning solution. I need to do the following 20 things. I need to solve all of these problems. And when you ask them a simple question, why? What is the impact? What will that drive? They stare at you. They almost don't know the answer to those questions. And that's you know, as a vendor that's been working in this market for many, many years, and as an individual who's seen transformation, who's seen massive projects, failures, successes, and everywhere in between, it's a little bit disheartening to still hear that all these years later, people don't necessarily know why they need to make these investments in technology. Yeah. So at Gaines, you know, a big part of our role is to understand our clients to really get to the DNA of what makes their business succeed and hopefully help them navigate to focusing on the appropriate decisions at the appropriate time to drive impact in their business. Well, and we're going to talk about that, but let's talk about the disconnect that's happening right now. So in the research leading up to this episode, uh, we looked at a PwC study and that showed that 83% of executives say supply chain technology investments have, haven't fully delivered the expected results. 
Now, this is a huge red flag. And I think, you know, when a lot of supply chain professionals, leaders, teams look at using new technology or look at technology partners in general, they've been through this. They've been there. They've done that. And so there's a disconnect between the market and what technology firms are providing. Now, what's happening with that? Is it just because, you know, supply chain leaders are overwhelmed or is it because they don't really understand the technology that they need? Or maybe they're choosing a technology that they think is going to help and then maybe it doesn't. Um, but I think right now, a lot of supply chain leaders and teams are feeling very overwhelmed and kind of like it's a lost leader, like they just don't know where to go and how to do it. Yeah, everybody talks about COVID and pre-COVID and post-COVID and yeah. the impact that that's had. And, and so what we saw during COVID is all of a sudden supply chain became very important. Everyone's talked about this at length and budgets presented themselves. Right. And so all of these classic problems that people have been trying to solve for all of these years, all of a sudden became, here's a budget, you need to go solve this. And, and companies, rather than getting back to the question I brought up a little bit earlier around what decisions should we focus on? Where is the area in my business that if I affect the performance here, it will improve the outcome of my business? What companies did is they just went out and said, I need a planning technology. I need visibility technology. I need this technology. I need that technology. And worst of all, you know, they, they they trusted and said to the marketplace, you know what, I'm going to buy all these disparate things and you can tie them together for me and this will solve my problems. So, you know, part of this is is the vendors. We're culpable in this exercise. You know, right. we make these visions, we talk about transformation, but we really don't talk about how that company is unique, how there's an opportunity to move, you know, that needle. So when I look at that statistic and that PwC report I think it was about a year ago, it really echoes with me, you know, when 83% of executives say that their, their investments are not delivering the outcomes that they deserve, the first thing we need to ask ourselves as participants in the ecosystem is how do we improve? You know, how do we sit down and make sure that we focus on results, that we focus on outcomes, that we focus on meaningful impact to our clients' business, whether we're a consulting company, a software company, a client themselves, and to answer your simple question, yes, they're all overwhelmed. And by the way, we were overwhelmed before COVID. So oh, that's true. everybody talks about COVID, but you know, this business has had its set of challenges. Complexity is the new norm. And, and it's I really get a kick out of people sort of running away from the concept of complexity. And as a vendor, you know, it's our responsibility not just to discuss the path towards you know simplifying your business and narrowing your product line and being really, really good at what you're good at, it's it's talking about embracing complexity, yeah. embracing all the variability out there. You know, with, with today's technology, there's a lot of opportunity to expand the ecosystem of partners you can work with instead of contract. There's the ability yeah. to share information. There's the ability to make your supply chain partners healthier. And, and I'm not so sure that as vendors, we've done a great job of sitting down with our customers, understanding their business and trying to prescribe to their business as much as we've gone out and sold a vision and said, here, come make this right. investment. So, um, yeah. you know, we're, we're all a bit, we're all a bit culpable here. And, and, and I think we're trying to get better, but I do think that there's a different way to do it. Well, and I, you know, from what I'm hearing from you, there's so much variables. There's so many people involved. Some technology is good for some folks. Some other technology is good for them as well. 
And what I have been talking to a few people over the last uh, year or so that I don't feel that we talk enough about, it's almost like a testing environment. And, you know, I've heard about it in larger companies where they have the budget and they have the people and that they can have a testing environment and they can bring in all sorts of technology and they can test it and they can break it, you know, and they can figure out what is right for them. But I almost feel like we need to, and I always say collaboration is the future of business, we need to come together, right, as vendors and as buyers of the technology and the platform and really provide that testing environment. Would you agree with that? In a way, I, I think I think that small companies in particular, because we work with, you know, we work with companies that are in the sub hundred million dollar range, okay. all the way to companies that are 15, 20 billion dollars. And what you see with the smaller companies, it's they they don't have the time, the capacity, the people, the know-how. Fair point. Even if they wanted to test of what to test. And this goes back, and I know I've been belaboring this point in our short conversation already, but you know, we, we look at we we try to really sit down with customers and understand who they are, what motivates them, what are the what are the opportunities within their respective you know, supply chains to mm-hmm. impact a small detail, improve a piece of the business, whether right. it's product availability, whether it's time to market, whether it's inventory position, whether it's, you know, demand prediction. What is the value of demand prediction? And I, okay, I understand my demand. Well, I'm really, people come to me all the time and say, I'd like to understand my need to have a better demand prediction. And right. the first question I ask is, okay, why? What are you trying to accomplish? What would you like to do? And if we can get to the core of what the folks are trying to accomplish and we can help them attack one decision and that one decision, that one improvement, that can be their testing ground, back to the question you asked a moment ago, then all of a sudden we create value. And when you create value, the ability to create additional value and create more value. And by the way, identify value that even me as the vendor, if I don't fit that gap, quite potentially I can direct the client towards the next opportunity they have that opportunity does not have to be with me i like to hear that i think that's a responsibility we have to the marketplace because if i create value and i create impact and customers achieve outcomes and they do that in an incremental you know incremental yet transformational approach i i think that's a great recipe one one comment there that i'll go off for a moment transformation has been portrayed as big projects long periods of time lots of money massive initiatives Generally speaking, big partner relationships, big deployments of big technology doesn't have to be that way. Transformation can be bitten off. You know, it's the old analogy of, you know, you know, bite off the elephant one bite at a time. You know, you can you can attack transformation by improving your business one bite at a time. And, And as a vendor, it's our job and responsibility to help identify if we're the right vendor for the if we're the right fit for a client. And what yeah. bites we would recommend. And then candidly, it's also our responsibility to go to the client and maybe share with them what they don't see in their own business. Because we learn quite sure. a bit about our customers along the way. Yeah. And I think often we learn more about their businesses than they may see on their own because, you know, their people aren't always telling the truth. Well, and seeing the gaps, but not only that, but also putting it into perspective and priority. And I think that sparks the discussion that you can have with the client where they think maybe the priority is over here. And after having that discussion and doing more of a bit of a deep dive, you might go back to them and say, well, actually, we think that your priority is over here. And we, because of, you know, this, 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 and this. 
Sure. And well, so, if you think about that, you're, you know, to your point, they have a priority and that priority is critical. And that's why we're there. That's why we're having the conversation. And maybe I don't change their priority, but maybe what I do as I'm looking into that, as I'm investigating that, I do a simple two by two matrix of, you know, easy to achieve mm -hmm. high value towards difficult to achieve low value. Mm -hmm. And I look at, well, what, what capabilities could we do? What things could we impact along the way to achieving their vision? I don't want to discount that vision. I don't want to discount what's important to them, but to achieving that vision, but getting some incremental value along the way. And, and what if I spent one month doing something instead of nine months? What if I what if I immediately got to an ROI? And what if I use that ROI to help those people fund those projects and to keep going? And um, it's just a different way of thinking. Incrementalism, you know, is uh, is an approach that's been out there for a long time. But I think transformation and incrementalism can can coexist. Well, and I think there are some some you know truths out there that supply chain professionals kind of hold dear right so let's debunk some of those okay. um i think some of the professionals say desperately seeking certainty is a false idol what would you well, say to that yeah so you know certainty what does certainty mean you know in the in the <laughs> now we're getting philosophical yeah in the in the world of uncertainty that we live in so we use a term um and it's a pretty commonly understood term in the industry it's a VUCA. It's a volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. That's the world that supply chain professionals live in today. So back to the demand discussion we were having a little bit earlier, you know, you hear a tremendous amount of focus of getting into exactly the right demand prediction. Well, the world doesn't work that way. The world right. works in a range of variable outcomes. A lot of different things can happen to my demand, to my supply, to my network, to my customers. And understanding the portfolio of decisions that could happen and that need to occur and planning for that range of outcomes. And then when, when the outcomes occur, the big message point the market has been bringing from a technology perspective is listen to the signals, get the real-time information, use the real-time information to readjust your plan. Well, what if you just plan for that, for uncertainty? What if you plan for complexity? What if you already built that into your plan? And it goes back to your desperately seeking certainty. Right. It is a cycle. First off, you're never going to get there because mm -hmm. you may be able to predict the most perfect things in the world. And by the way, then they change. And as right. we know, our world changes constantly. And and I I think the 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 past of trying to get to certainty. Mm -hmm. is is a false idol. I, I firmly agree with that. Absolutely. Now, the second one that everybody says is no company has one supply chain. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, from a gains perspective, you know, we try to treat that. I think it, it ties into the decisioning discussion that we've been having so far. You know, really spending time to understand the DNA of a company, what drives them, what are the unique differentiators by how they win, what they produce, how they distribute, how they serve, et cetera, and, and, and satisfying those through, through focused technology investments. And so while you'll hear as a vendor, we focus on delivering the same technology to the smallest companies in the world and to the largest companies in the world and having accessibility to those solutions, even with our smallest clients, we really have to understand what are the drivers in their business. Mm -hmm. And if I'm solving a certain class and type of problem, you know, the combination of operations research knowledge, data science knowledge, algorithms, 
you know, everybody says machine learning. Well, sometimes machine learning is appropriate. It's a tool. Right. Sometimes it's not appropriate. So understanding the combination of tools, data, expertise, back to the core question, you know, I think that really talks to the fact that, you know, everyone's a little different. I can treat everyone different, but I still should operate within a common framework of technology along the way. Hmm. Yeah, that's so true. And everybody, I mean, everybody has different components to their supply chain, right? They have different nuances. They might source from different places than somebody else. But at the end of the day, supply chain can be and is kind of the similar thing. There's just different components to each side. And yeah. then the, the next one is there are no right answers. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. So, you know, I think we've leaned on, <laughs> I think we've leaned on this a little bit already. I mean, you know, this goes back to certainty and and predictability and exacting. You know, um, they're just it, software and systems can no longer provide perfect prediction. What you what you try to do is you try to get a range of outcomes in the business. You try to understand how the business will react to those range of outcomes. Um, you know, I, the old days of saying, you know, last Thursday performed this way and next Thursday at three o'clock is going to perform that way. Those days are gone. So <laughs> how, how do I how do I take all of these different range of outcomes? How do I take, the you know, all of my hundreds or thousands of right answers mm -hmm. and just create a framework and a capability leveraging technology to be able to, as you go through, the operation of the business as your customers consume your products uh, to adapt and to change and to edit and to maintain and to be able to take the information and planning that you have and to execute and really to execute with a plan in advance rather than try to always be perfect because the this quest of perfection will lead to constant frustration. Yes, it's a journey or it's progress. It's not perfection. I mean, I think too many times, even, even in our personal lives, we try to strive for that. <laughs> and we got to remember it's a journey. And this one kind of goes into the last one. One size doesn't fit all. I mean, do we really believe that? And is is that a truth? Yeah, you know, I think in our business and, and having been in enterprise software since the early 90s, I think it's it's very appropriate that um, vendors try to take a, a, an approach that here's our vision, here's our approach, here's what we do, and here's how that fits your business. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and of course, at Gaines, we do some of that. Um, but we really look at, you know, all of the different capabilities, skills, knowledge, wherewithal. And if you look at current modern technology today and you say, you know, I have access to more solvers, more solving technology than ever before. Mm -hmm. I have access to, you know, more data than ever before. You know, so how do I take the decision that I'm trying to impact, the tools and capabilities available to us, and how do I compose and deliver solutions in a very effective manner that fits that company at that time at that size. Right. And, and not only, it's not just size related, you know, I, I'll, for example, I just earlier this week, I was on the phone with a, um, about a $15 billion consumer goods company that is, has, has a tremendous inventory challenge and an opportunity that's born of that. And, and what came out of that discussion is that, the team is struggling with adoption. The team is struggling not with technology adoption, with the fact that they've made these decisions a certain way, candidly on the back of napkins and a little bit of Excel for the last 15 years. And so how do they, napkins. How, how do they take a technology 
that might very well work for a five-man operation, deploy it to a 200-man operation and 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 have it fit to what they what they want and need. Right. And so the way the way we've seen, we've done that and attacked that problem a little bit is just look at the problem set, work our way backwards, look at all of the skills, knowledge, wherewithal and tools available to us, and compose solutions that help customers drive those outcomes. And, yeah. and this goes this goes back to outcomes and, and focus and decisioning. Just really believe that focusing in on one decision that can really make an impact in your your organization, and then using that positive energy to drive further transformation, mm-hmm. not only from an economic perspective and a vendor perspective, but candidly from a change management perspective. Yeah. We believe that that ties back to that eighty three percent you move you talked about a little mm-hmm. bit earlier. Because that's a that's a model for success. That's a model that I succeed. I get the team to buy into that success. I do it again, and all of a sudden, I built upon that over time, and I'm composing these solutions to solve these problems. And now I have success, whatever the definition of that is. So yeah, well, and it also goes down to picking the right vendor and making sure that when you are working with that technology partner, that they can evolve with you. So when it says, you know, one size can't fit all, well, maybe not in the beginning because your priorities might be different than where they're going to be in two to three years, maybe even five years. And so you want to work with somebody who can actually evolve with that growth and even some of those changes. I mean, we all know there's disruption in supply chain and that's not going anywhere. So the last one is every company deserves access to world-class software. Sure. Yeah. You know, we, we firmly believe, <laughs> we firmly believe this. So if I look at our largest customers and our smallest customers in every in between, every company has the same set of challenges, you know, for some it's growth, for some it's cost savings, for some it's inefficiency, for some it's scale, but you know, people generally have the same classes of problems, whether I'm a two-man shop, a five-man shop, mm-hmm. a five thousand person shop, you know, supply chain organizations we have, they're trying to predict, they're trying to deliver, they're trying to plan, they're trying to manage, and they're trying to deal with all of the uncertainty every mm-hmm. each and every single day. So, you know, at Gaines, we've taken the approach that while we have accessibility to you know, all of the cutting edge algorithms and capabilities and and functions that any company might want to solve their class of problems. I want to make that same exact solution that can be delivered to the greatest and most complex companies in the world accessible to the smallest. And we've done a really good job of doing that in a singular platform. And it's, um, it's it's a big part of everything we do. When we make decisions about where we invest and we talk about solving complex problems, one of the first things we do is say, you know what? What would happen for our $70 million client versus right. our $70 billion client? How would they absorb this? Could they use this? And how do, of course, do we prepackage these solutions yeah. to make them more accessible? Yeah, I love that because we all need to take a look at the different organizations that are going to use some of our software as a vendor partner right, or a technology partner. And what does that look like throughout the evolution? Because you want to be with them and you want to grow with them. You want to evolve. You want to help solve some of those disruptions that they're going to see along the way as well. Now, Gaines has defined a new principle in supply chain. It's called okay. decision engineering. And you also, Gaines uses all these different um 
uh, like words because I remember talking on the last episode and hearing some of those words that you've kind of made up internally, but that totally makes sense. So one of them is decision engineering and the other one is composability. So can yeah. you talk about both of those? What do they actually mean and how are they relevant to supply chains right now? Yeah. So the irony is that there these are concepts that exist in the marketplace and have for a little bit of a while, but, but okay. I think we've embraced them here at Gaines quite a bit. You know, the idea of decision engineering is really, really simple. You know, we want to spend time with you. We want to understand your business. We want to peel the layers off the onion and get to the core of the problem. Um, in all candor, you may have an RFI and an RFP. We may participate in that. We may not. We'd really like to understand your business. We'd like to dig in and, and learn as much as possible. And through that learning, go back to that simple two-by-two two matrix. You know, where can we drive decisions that drive the highest value outcome at the least amount of effort along the journey to whatever your effort might very well be. Mm -hmm. And in order to do that, then what you need to do is looking at, look, look at all of the capabilities that a vendor may have, but compose a solution specifically towards that requirement. So what we deliver is an out-of-the-box platform Mm -hmm. uh, called the Gains Performance Platform that that allows companies to have access to different algorithms, different capabilities, different answers, different solvers. They come in pre-composed applications that allow for things like demand, supply, production, capacity, inventory. We're particularly well-known where companies that have challenges where inventory is impactful. But how do I look at the business problem that I'm trying to solve and the, and the company that I am and the needs that I have and the team that I have and compose a very specific set of, of solutions in a commonly understood product set, and then later allows me to equally address other areas. I'll give you an example. Um, we have a long-term customer that's been with us almost 20 years. They're a distribution, actually 20, at least 20 years now. They're a distribution company. That's great. Uh, they, they started off with us, you know, when things like machine learning and AI weren't, weren't terms, algorithms yeah. were terms, but, but machine learning and AI weren't. And so today, one of the things we're doing with them is we're trying to help them mature their, their range of demand predictions so that they can better plan for their appropriate amount of inventory. Okay. So the way we're doing that is we're continuing to use commonly understood tools in a composed application for demand planning. But we're also leveraging in machine learning and looking at external variables and improving the demand output. Equally, we're taking that exact same technology and composing a different application around things such as lead time indication. How do I more appropriately predict my lead time or my products to my facilities, which right. then therefore ties into my inventory positioning? So how do we use you know, the, the, all the skills and capabilities that are available to us today Compose those with the tools and the solutions and the in the approaches that have been done in the past, yeah. and look at the company's challenges and continually improve upon those challenges. Do I have to buy all at once? Can I consume it in a Lego brick type approach and compose and build my houses and add a right. room as I need to? You know, that's sort of the viewpoint we have. So when we talk about composability, we're really talking about meeting the customers where they are, mm -hmm. stretching them a little bit, constantly innovating pushing them just a little bit more to tackle the next project. Mm -hmm. And and again, back to this theme I've been using over and over again, transforming along the way. So luckily, it's been a um, tremendous run for us over the last few years. The business is growing. Um, candidly, we're growing in a very, um, I want to say, 
predictable and, and methodical approach. We're not going to take on too much business. We're busy. We have the opportunity where we somewhat get to choose who we work with. And what we look for is we look for companies that are a good fit. And candidly, we look for companies that have maybe failed deploying other technologies that fall into that 83%, that if they were to just go get a win and another win and another win and another win, they might be really, really happy with and that. Bill- and all of a sudden they wake up and they're transformed and they didn't even know what happened. Yeah. And build on that. Now I want to build on that example that you gave because, you know, I feel like we are um, talking about different ways that we can work with technology partners. Mm -hmm. And I think about me as a consumer. And so recently I've gone out, I've done some shopping and shelves are empty. And so if they have the right software that they're working with, that can give them the right information and the tools to be able to do that prediction. And they are the only product on that shelf. At that time that that shelf is empty, there's your competitive advantage from a supply chain. Yeah, I took my took my daughter to the mall uh, about a week ago. It was after the holidays. She's 15 years old and, and she's shopping for jeans. And at that age, it's nearly impossible to shop for jeans. And so... <laughs> So I, I won't mention the stores out of respect for certain brands, but we went into the favorite store and the favorite jean that she wanted and they didn't have it. And and she got on her phone and looked at it and saw it was online. But then she walked to the second favorite store and they had the jean that wasn't exactly what she wanted, but she wanted it right there and right then. So she bought it and she paid a little bit more at the second store for the product that she didn't really want as much as the one that wasn't in the store next door that she could have ordered and had at the house in two days. So what you just described actually still really matters in this world. And it's, it's, you know, regardless of industry, regardless of of scope, I think that story is pretty applicable. The right product and the right price and the right quantity at the right time. But by the way, you can't break your business. You know, you can't this, not every company is a pharmaceutical with the kind of margins on those products that, that others see. You know, you really have to consider, are you planning appropriately to ensure that you don't miss as many stock outs as you possibly can, capitalize as much revenue as you can, but at the same time, you know, don't overload your company with excessive carrying costs. Yeah, so, so this- let's... So let's also talk about how Gaines is equipped to lead the market in a new direction. Right. I've spoken to um, a couple of people from the organizations over the last couple of episodes, and they bring so much experience, right? Along with yourself, right? Decades in the industry, decades in supply chain technology, really seeing how things have evolved and how things have changed. But now we're seeing some new AI providers, right? AI is kind of like that shiny new object. But I want to focus on how you're able to lead the market in a new direction with that deep domain experience that you bring to the table as gains. Now, I'm going to just veer off for just one second, because from a cyber technology or cybersecurity standpoint, when we think about tribal knowledge, that's super important right now, because if anything were to happen from a cybersecurity perspective, uh, perspective, you need the tribal knowledge on hand so that when you go manual, somebody knows what they're doing, right? Because right now we're so dependent (laughs) on technology. So I wanted to just sort of plant that seed as we go into that next question about how you lead um, a new direction for the market, you know, against some of these AI and how that deep tribal knowledge is um, sort of invaluable. Yeah, thanks for that question. I mean, we do believe it's a tremendous differentiator for our business. I mean, it's 
you know, when I when I go into a discussion with a customer, I can bring four or five people that have spent, you know, 20, 30 years in industry solving these classes of problems using different tools available to them at this time. And and you you brought up a, a very specific point a few moments ago. You know, there's there's all different types of vendors, as there always have been. Um, these days, it's all about AI and ML, and it's solving every single problem. And, you know, there really is a class of separate problems out there and different tools and capabilities that having the, the team that has seen this before, that understands the combination of, of somewhat old, somewhat new, somewhat cutting edge, somewhat tried and true, and understands the class of problems. So, you know, for example, you know, without going through the specifics of a use case for a customer, it would be very normal for us to see a very traditional OR driven approach combined with machine learning, combined with a bit of cutting edge AI, combined with traditional collaboration to get to an outcome and an answer. And too often and too much vendors are going out and saying, you, you need to do it this way. This is the best way. And, and as a vendor, it's our job to embrace all of the methods and all of the approaches and sit down and really understand our clients' needs and drive to outcomes based on, you know, that goes back to the composability you mentioned a little bit earlier. And we think that's why we're different. So, you know, you started this with, you know, a little bit around, you know, what does gains bring to the marketplace and how are we a little bit different? You know, we really do take a, a very high degree of pride in our in our team's experience expertise. For example, there's a gentleman I believe you interviewed pre recently, Jeff Matursky. Yeah. You know, Jeff is on his fifth wave of, of supply chain design technology, which is an area in which we help clients through what I would call network design. There's a whole bunch of vendors out there right now doing network design exactly the same way as it's been done for the last 30 years. And don't get me wrong, there's some validity there, but there's also opportunities to take that experience Mm -hmm. tied in with new technologies and get to the same questions we were trying to answer previously in new ways. So we we actually very firmly believe that that experience, that know-how, that people that have been there and done that before yet understand new and modern and techniques and can merge these together is a differentiator in all candor. It's a differentiator in the selling cycle, but it's most importantly in the implementation. And I, this goes back to why, you know, why do 83% of them, of companies view these as, as uh, I guess, not achieving the value they expected? I think that often enough, we take technology, we throw it over the fence and say, go implement this. The people implementing it really don't understand what they're throwing in, other than they're putting in a piece of technology that does a certain thing. And we need to get back to the cores of what are the business problems we're focused on? What are all of the available technologies and tools out there to solve these types of problems? And how do we go do it? Well, and what you're talking about is exactly what your customer is going through. Yes. You've got the tribal knowledge. They're looking at the technology. They're trying to answer the questions within their teams. And some of them are actually taking it to another level where there's reverse mentoring, where you're actually taking those with the tribal knowledge and putting them with maybe the next generation that are part of their teams yeah. to talk about, you know, how do you think about things? How do you ask the questions? 
what is your why? You know, how do you think about technology and why do you think this one would work for us and vice versa? So you get the tribal knowledge uh, being exchanged, but then you also get the new and innovative exchange conversation and exchanged as well, which I think is absolutely crucial. But the one really cool part of that is that the vendor and the technology partner are going through the exact same thing as a supply chain team and leaders and the people on that team as well, which is so cool because I think at the end of the day, we're all trying to navigate this. We're all trying to make it better. We're, we know how good this industry is. We know how vital and life-saving this industry is. And we're all trying to achieve those outcomes, but in variety of different ways and empowering and supporting each other to do that. So I love yeah, that. Yeah, Sarah, I just, I want to emphasize a point you just made because, sure. you know, especially when you've been around supply chain for a while, you know, there, there's, it's our job to look to the next generations and to ensure that, that the learnings we passed on that have value, some of them do, many of them don't, but some of them <laughs> Not that, that it's always been done this way. <laughs> yeah, not that it's always been done this way, but that we that we're able to pass that on, that we're able to look at new and modern technology, but also old and past, but not just technology, but look around and say, you know, have we left this ecosystem in a better place than when we got here? Mm-hmm. And I look at people like Jeff and Bill Benton, who's our co-founder, and, and many other members of the team. Recently, we had Amber Sally join us. We're ecstatic to have her join us. And, and I look at folks that really want to leave behind a legacy, not just of technology, but make a difference and yeah. make a difference by leaving behind the legacy of people and culture and focus and really caring about supply chain. Because we do, you know, supply chain for many, many years has delivered the food, the products, the support. I mean, the, the world been. saw what happens when supply chain breaks down during COVID. And, you know, it's um, it's shined a new light on our industry. You know, it's now a boardroom conversation where for many years it was sort of uh, a little bit of an afterthought in many businesses. And um, it's our job to help bring the next generation along the way and, and to empower that generation through tools, technology, process, knowledge and wherewithal. But yeah. most importantly, just with mentoring and being there. And, um, you know, it, it's great. It's great to be in this market these days. It's great to see the focus. Um, I'm a little bit worried about a little bit too much vendor speak out there, but um, we're all going to do our best and try to improve the outcomes for all of our clients. And um, yeah, off we go. Love that. So what's one thing that you're excited about for 2024? And we'll end there. Is that a personal or professional conversation? Um, The personal one's easy. I'll leave it alone. But professionally, you know, I think the one thing is, is that from, from a gains perspective, we're seeing a tremendous validation of, of the work we put in. And, awesome. and people here hold a lot of pride in what we do. You know, in particular, we have a number of clients that have other planning systems, that have other ERP systems. And, you know, our ability to work with those solutions and, and drive value and get to impact and, dri- and take that impact and drive to the next and to the next and the next, you know, that's invigorating as a vendor. When you're, you know, success Success is contagious. It totally is. It really is. And it's fun. It's exciting. And it empowers our team. It it enlivens our clients. And it drives momentum. So what I'm most excited about is just continuing to focus in and hone in on that success and to to making a difference. And hopefully in the long run, we'll all leave behind a little bit of a better legacy than what we got into. 
I think supply chain is contagious. Anyways, so the last decade has demonstrated that the strength and stability of our global economy hinges on the resilience of supply chains. And as supply chain complexity exploded, the need for a more flexible, agile approach, one that delivers continuous incremental improvements, has become clear. Gains recognized the need for a new kind of technology, so they built it. Focused on delivering outcomes, not software, Gains delivers rapid results everywhere inventory matters. If you want to find out more, you can check them out at gainsystems.com. And did you have a guess at today's big question? Well, at the top of the show, I asked you, according to a 2021 study by McKinsey, what percentage of digital transformation projects fail? Well, it's a huge 69%. Now, who is shocked by that? I think I am, and probably a lot of people out there. So perhaps it's time for your organization to ditch the big transformations and focus on results-driven, continuous improvement, just like gains. Well, Dave, thank you so much for joining me today. And thanks again to the team at Gains for making this episode happen. Thanks, Dave. Thank you so much, Sarah. Did you know that the average cost of losing an hourly supply chain worker has reached $19,607? And that recent research shows that 77% of hourly supply chain workers are considering a job change in the next three months. This could have a huge impact on your productivity, bottom line, and culture. Workstep is helping supply chain companies to better engage their distributed hourly workforce at scale. Understand the true reasons behind their workforce turnover and take actions to make positive changes and reduce attrition. Workstep has successfully helped many companies reduce their frontline worker turnover by up to 36%. Visit workstep.com to learn more. If you would like to hear more from us, we have plenty more content for you featuring the best and the brightest in the industry. Head over to letstalksupplychain.com to check out the latest. If you have a supply chain challenge and you're looking for a solution, we've most likely had them on the show. And you can find out whether you're their ideal client, whether their solution is the right fit for you before you even get into their sales funnel. And remember to come back next week. I'm going to be joined by John from SDI. We've had SDI on the show once before to talk about how they're helping large multi-site facilities and plant maintenance leaders with effective supply chain solutions. And this time around, we're going to be talking about their incredible purpose-built Zeus technology. It has the name of a Greek god, and I hear that it's just about as powerful. John and I are going to dive into the current challenges with data and why we're making such slow process, the importance of understanding KPIs, and how to choose the right metrics, the knowledge gap in digital transformation, and why SDI created its Zeus Supply Chain Analytics Guidebook. It's an invaluable resource designed to empower teams with the insights they need to elevate operations and drive unparalleled success. Data and digital transformation is really a key part of the future for all supply chain organizations. So this is going to be an absolute must listen for each and every one of you. So don't miss it. 
If you enjoy the show, there's a few ways you can support us. You can follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. You can subscribe to our newsletter over at letstalksupplychain.com and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Let's Talk Supply Chain. You can also find some really cool merch in our shop over at letstalksupplychain.com. Don't miss out. We've got some fun stuff over there, so go check it out. And if you're looking for a community to network, come together within supply chain, we have a group for you. So it's called the Secret Society of Supply Chain. And we've got three different groups, the Supply Chainers, Women in Supply Chain, and the Creative Room. The last two are virtual monthly meetups for women in supply chain and marketing professionals in supply chain. The Supply Chainers is full of best practices from industry-leading experts there is a ton of content. So for 50 cents a day, you can join this group, have all sorts of networking opportunities with people you may not be able to network with in your day-to-day life. And you can learn best practices from experts all over the industry. So head over to letstalksupplychain.com and pick the group that's right for you. And remember, if you'd like to be featured on an upcoming episode, head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show great week everyone thanks for listening and remember ship happens